0: All right, hello guys. Welcome. Happy Fourth of July weekend. Um, yes, we're a day early, um, you know, um, but we're ready to get this weekend kicked off with you. We're glad to do so. Um, we got a lot of news this week, Jason. Well, a little bit, yeah, I guess. A little I'm bit, not gonna.
1: A little bit hesitate. more so than probably we were expecting.
0: Yeah. So, um, of course, as you guys know, we're recording wednesday so we apologize for recording so early it's just with me getting packed for a trip with our busy schedules the back half of the week this was the best day Mm -hmm. to do it so if we miss anything we apologize we'll talk about it next week but um anyway let's get or
1: we'll add it on our pages
0: or yeah on our social media too we got to be more active there right all right (laughs) yeah and (laughs) so Alright, but yeah, coming up on the show today, we got some uh, discussion on the uh, new Mavs coach. We also got some of the latest on the conference finals, a new Sabres head coach, um, the latest on the Stanley Cup, then of course we got a legendary Bronco retiring, Um, a team in the NL East is on a tear right now, and then of course we wrap things up with Tinkle on this for the week. But again, a happy 4th of July. Let's get it kicked off. Um, so the Mavericks coaching staff, of course, we know Jason Kidd was hired to be the head coach. He's now bringing in mm-hmm. some familiar faces from 2011. Um, J.J. Berea was hired as the assistant coach Wednesday. Jason Terry is likely to be an assistant coach. Um, can this team find the success that they had in 2011 or do better?
1: Hmm. Um. I, well, you can't really go any better than winning a championship.
0: But. Well, I mean, better record.
1: Uh. Okay, let's. You can only go up from here. The, the only way they can really go up is go from like 40 to 50 wins. Um. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna take some time for them to kind of find that same success. Not saying that they probably. Won't end up being a playoff team next year. But I think you're putting the right guys and the right pieces together as your assistant head coaches. Hmm. The only thing is, is I just don't like how Dirk's got to be a special advisor. I was really hoping he was going to be an assistant coach, if not the head coach, because I think he has a little bit more experience than Kid, even though I think they're around the same age. But... I'm hoping that they. It all depends on what they can do in free agency. They gotta go after the right pieces, and like we were discussing, not on here, but like this, like we were discussing outside of the podcast. I would like for them to add some more offensive talent around Luca. Hmm. KP is almost an afterthought at this point. I know it sucks for him, but he's just too inconsistent for him to be a second superstar behind Luka Doncic. So, if they can go after, like, I've been Mm -hmm. seeing a lot of rumors about, like, a a Toronto Raptors reunion with DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. I don't think it's a bad idea. It's just, if if you bring them in, then what do you do with your bench? Do you send Josh Richardson and Tim Hardaway off the bench? Have Kyle Lowry as your, like, your point... Have Luca as like a small forward and then have DeMar DeRozan or Kyle Lowry as like those point guard, shooting guard tandem to have Luca small forward, KP's power forward, and then maybe bring in the center. I mean it it wouldn't be a bad idea. I'd say it would be a better starting lineup than what they had last year, but you just need somebody to I, I think they just I think they will do better just Depends on who you're going to go after. They have about $20 million a cap, Brian. So mm-hmm. if, if you have that kind of cap space, do you think it's a little bit of, oh, well, I think we can sign one of the top free agents, or do you think it's, well, Jason Kidd's there. He hasn't really had the best success. Do we kind of push away from that team or...
0: I don't know. I mean, you got the cap space. Why not use it? I mean, you've got you've got kind of a leveraging point there, where it's you've got a good star on the team. Maybe bring mm-hmm. in more stars, and maybe Jason Kidd can do a little better. Um, mm-hmm. But I just want to say, based on the coaching staff, this is a different game than it was 10 years ago. Um, I'm not saying that they can't have success. But I'm saying how I I guess my biggest question in all of this is how are they going to adapt to the changing game? Because obviously these guys, let's face it, after the twenty eleven championship, we didn't hear much from Jason Terry. The only thing yeah the only thing you heard from Jason Terry was when LeBron dunked on him and he was on the ground. Okay. Yep. I'm it's sorry. Awesome. Like that's the that's the only thing you've heard from him. J.J. Barea has kind of just bounced from team to team. He really wasn't able to adjust, I guess, in a way. Eh, um, I don't know if
1: I, I would say that because he was still with the Dallas Mavericks... Couple years back, yeah. so he he knew how to play in the true. NBA of today and had some success. So true, but I, I that, just that's the one exception. Now Jason Terry, yeah, that's yeah. He kind you don't of, know what kind of. I I, I guess you don't know what kind can, of he's Can we be have.
0: fair to say that that was really the last year of his prime, probably? Probably 2012. I think you can argue that one of those years was definitely the end of his prime. Um, You know, J.J. was always kind of the the off-the-bench guy from what I understand. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously he's not going to be the impact of the starters, but, you know. But, hey, playing off the bench sometimes, those guys do have a higher IQ, I think, Mm because, you know, they're mostly studying the notes. They're the team. They're... The guys off the bench are the team that practice for the upcoming team. They're basically helping the starters get prepared for the game. Okay.
1: And, and I, I think the cool thing is with bringing them in. They know how to, to yeah. bring a team together. They know how to play team basketball. I think that was the main reason why Jason yeah. Kidd brought these guys in. He wanted this team to start mm-hmm. playing more like a team, which is not a terrible thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Because But... Because Luca, from what I saw last year, he he thought, well, I'm a superstar. I can do it all by myself. No, you cannot do it all by yourself. Because when we see guys that think that they can do it all by themselves, they end up getting their butts kicked more than they actually help out the team. Yeah. Not saying that he hasn't been a hero and led the team and needed those kind of 40-point games. Not saying that wasn't appreciated, but like, you have other guys spread the wealth a little bit mm. try to get your teammates you know engaged and ready not saying you know they had the greatest playoffs There was a terrible playoff for them to even take it to seven games in the first place is something yeah that amazes me still but other than that i i think you're gonna see a different dynamic to this team Yes, it might be a little old school, hmm. but I think the old school with a I new think, school type feel wouldn't yeah. be a bad thing to do for today's basketball. So you just
0: read my mind. I
1: think you're gonna see, I think you're gonna see this team being a whole
0: lot more team friendly and like spreading the wealth more than hmm. they were the last few years. the The only thing, here's the thing, I wish them nothing but success. I really do, but here's my thing again, if. You know, I guess, what's the mentality? Again, you mentioned the team aspect, but I guess what I have to say is, you know, the only thing that might stop them is if they say this worked in 2011, it's going to work now. Okay. Mm. You know, the triangle offense, Phil Jackson lived lived and died by. Okay. It didn't Mm -hmm. work. It didn't work beyond the Kobe years. Okay. Because it was a different game. Than it was when Phil Jackson was winning rings. Um, you know, this is, you know, I guess the big thing is can, you know, some parts of the past be the past at the end of the day? Because if you come in here, you're saying, if Jason Kidd and company come in and they start saying, well, this worked in 2011, we're going to make it work today, it's not going to translate totally over. Um, that's where my concern is, especially with the young off- with a young lineup, nonetheless. Mm. Okay. They've got to find essentially, and as a coach, I can vouch for this. You've got to find out what those skill sets are and you need to figure out how to build around it. And that's where Jason Kidd is and company need to kind of learn and not to mention they've got to learn to work again as a team it's different working as a team on the court as it is working as a team on the bench okay yeah it's definitely different because there's different roles it's you know i guess i want to see i want to see more um i think you know the next well let's see we got four months until the next season more than likely Mm -hmm. um, give or take um, so I guess I want to see what this off season's is going to bring before I make any true judgment on this roster and what right. they're capable of. I think they've got the right idea, but again, they've got to leave some things in the past and kind of just look ahead. You can't be dwelling on what happened 10 years ago.
1: Yeah, okay. I agree. Um... All I can say is, I'm just going to say this last note, it's better for them to work mm-hmm. inside and out instead of outside in. Because yeah. that's what they did a lot of, is outside, spread the ball, mm-hmm. have floor spacers, and go outside in. Yeah. you got to play more inside the paint and then go outside for an occasional three. I think if you see what mm-hmm. teams that do that, they have a lot more success doing it that way than being all five players playing outside and then do pick and roll type of mm-hmm. inside offense. That's what Rick Harlow liked to run a lot. It's a pick and yeah. roll type of style offense. I think you're going to see a different style this time, or still yeah. the same kind of style, but see it more. Oh, well, we have these guys that can go inside. Cause if you saw the NBA mm-hmm. of how Rick Harlow ran that offense in 2011 yeah. compared to now, he played inside out. I don't know what made him decide. Oh, well, now that the NBA is revolving more to the three point game, let's play outside in. Yeah. But that's that's where I'm leaving that at. See as a coach again you what,
0: you play to your strengths. That's that's what I was gonna yeah. finish with. As a coach you gotta play to your strengths, not to what everyone mm-hmm. else is doing. If everyone jumps off right. a bridge, would you do it? Okay. <laughs> <Hope> that's <not. laughs> that you know, you can't jump off the bridge just because every other team is, but anyway, mm. um, I think that's all we got for that one, right? Yeah. So let's move forward now, here. Um Giannis, a big Giannis... injury. Maybe a big injury. That looked I
1: I didn't I I didn't see it. I didn't see the game. I can't really say it too much, but from what I'm hearing. And the picture I saw didn't look like it was very promising. He had to get held mm. up and basically escorted to the locker room to get checked on. So hopefully it's not Hopefully it's not as bad as like Kawhi's injury is and we'll have him out for too many games. Because with him being out, I don't know if there's another guy that can step up on a team other than Chris Middleton, to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah, they have Brook Lopez and stuff like that, but this just they just don't have the this is not the same team. The Bucks, to get to how far they've mm-hmm. gotten, is shocking because it's a Chris Middleton and Giannis Antetokounmpo um, squad, and if you don't have both of them together, you're you're not going to be generating much offense mm-hmm. at all. And I hate to say it, if Giannis is going to be out for the rest of the series. I can't go with the Bucks winning the series at yeah. all. I would have to go with the Hawks.
0: Yeah. Yes, I get a Trey Young is out. Them.
1: But the Hawks stepped up in a pivotal game to tie up the series in at least yep. four or six games right now. So, like I said, mm-hmm. right now with everything that's going on with that series, if you have Ante Dacompo out for an extended amount of time, I, I, I cannot give them the benefit of the doubt yeah. at all.
0: I can't either. I, I gotta say this though. This has to be and maybe you can agree with me. I'm just gonna talk in general here. Um this has to be the most brutal NBA playoffs I've ever seen in my life. I mean, we've oh, had yeah. we've had Derek Rose tear his knee in the playoffs in a freak accident coming down from the mm-hmm. or coming down the court. Um, you know, that's one thing. But I don't think I've ever seen a playoff. I mean, Chris Paul is out with COVID. Kawhi is out with uh, mm. injury. Um, now Giannis is out. Trey Young is out. Um, you know, there's teams playing without their stars. I mean, we know last year. I'm not even going to compare it to last year. Last year was a totally 100% different thing compared to this. Mm. But this, of all the regular playoffs that we've seen, non-COVID or non like bubble playoffs, um, this has yeah. to be the most brutal because to be honest, all the teams that are there are all missing a, a strong piece now to their roster.
1: That's why LeBron or, has been saying what he's been saying about it. Or correction, correction, is, like
0: I forgot Chris Paul's back. So I'll have had yes, Chris Paul. So sorry, I made a mistake. I just wanted to correct on that. Yeah,
1: it is a pretty brutal one. But like it, like we said, you just gotta have players that are gonna step up in the moment, mm. and mm. the Hawks did it, and I'm trying to think. Oh, and, and the Clippers have been doing it. Yeah. The Clippers freaking they they call them playoff P for a reason. Yeah, because Paul George has just been stepping up in the moment. And that's why, when we're going to go more into it... um, I don't think they need Kawhi. (laughs) I I hate this. It's showing that Kawhi is not needed at all. If you've ever seen the show Weakest Link,
0: he's the weakest link. Goodbye. Yeah.
1: The the problem is, is like Kawhi, I don't know what's happened to him, but I don't know. I I think he's going to be out. As far as going on with the playoffs, Phoenix up 3 and 2. Phoenix as, far may as be the best they close team out the series. It's it's tough to tell. The Clippers have been in these series way too often. If you get another playoff P type game, it's going to go 7 games. Um if you can get Chris Paul and Devin Booker to be like they have been then yes they will close it out but if you get playoff p just going off like he did last game Hmm. you're gonna even up the series so like i said we it's too close to it is kind of close to too close to call i'm i'm making my prediction now brian and you can agree or disagree with
0: me Hmm. i'm gonna say it's gonna go seven games I, I think both series are destined for that right now. Um, but can I also just say as well, can we attribute the short off season to everything we're seeing right now? Yeah, I
1: think, you know how I was talking about LeBron, I think he was stating that The reason why there's been so many injuries is because of, like, no time off between seasons, which... Yeah. He's got a point, but, like... He he has a major point, and
0: this is why... You
1: gotta learn to... You gotta learn to adapt.
0: Yeah, but can I point out, this is why a lot of players have opted out of the Olympics this season, because they don't want to be on a short off... Cause you go to the Olympics you kiss your off-season Goodbye because when you come back, it's right Very back much. to training camp Well, actually, I believe it's the two-week quarantine and then training camp But I don't know what the protocol is yet for the Olympics and of course we're gonna be talking about that in a few weeks as well So that yep. should be fun um, But anyway, let's move forward here. Of course, we actually kind of did move forward here Phoenix of course up 3 to 2 they had a 3 to 1 lead they lost the other night we mentioned you you mentioned Paul George stepping up big um you know which team i guess you know obviously right now based on the health standpoint the suns are the best team left but can they can they finish this off of course they're playing tonight as we're talking well, or, I'm sorry. Uh, Tonight, as we're recording, I mean,
1: I was about to say, weren't we just talking about this? I know, we, like, going forward, like, what do you mean? Like, we were, we were just talking about this. I, I, I said I, it's too close to tell. Um, I yeah. I said it's going to go to seven games. Yeah. Because okay, you know, yeah, it, it all depends on if Chris Paul and. Devin Booker, we're gonna show up, or Chris, or Paul George, and um, yeah. Sorry, th- I'd which skipped. team is the better stew for the NBA finals? Okay, sorry. Um, oh, probably man. of the West, I would have to say the Suns. They've just yeah. Because if you freaking hmm. if you sweep, okay, at least sorry, that's one what I was going on for. Road to trying trying to get to the finals. Yeah, I I would say you're the better team. The Clippers kind of had it rougher than the Suns have on this road to the finals. Now the Suns are like, whoa, this is our first real true almost test, and it's giving us the most fits to get into there. So you might have to give the slight edge to the Clippers because they're giving Uh, teams fits, taking them to six, seven games just on the road to the finals. So I I don't know. Can I be honest?
0: this is and you know you know I don't watch much NBA but I gotta say from everything I'm seeing obviously I said this is the most brutal playoffs I've ever seen this is by yeah. far I I just you know I'm looking at this um you know which is the better suitor for the NBA Finals I I to be honest on either side I just don't know because either you know all these teams have missing pieces or they're playing lights out, and it's, you know, to be honest, I can't even make a solid prediction. I can't even tell you who I think could go at this point. This is what I'm. This oh, is why. I know. This is actually what turns me on to watching the playoffs and whatnot. I For this, this unpredictability. First,
1: I think this is the first playoffs in a while that yeah. you. And Can't again, really truly predict who's gonna be in the
0: finals. And that's okay. And again, let's let's forget last year's, okay? Last year's was a one time deal. Okay. So mm-hmm. I know you said that. I just wanted to clarify as well. Obviously we know last season was, but last season was for a totally different reason because we came back after three months off. But now it's it's just unpredictable because all these teams are playing at such a high level. Um, you know, we all thought it was going to be Brooklyn and L.A. at the end of this. And now, any team really could go and make a good impact. But, um, anyway, let's move forward. Speaking of the Lakers, um, David Fitzdale. David Fitzdale. Was hired as Jason Kidd's replacement with the Lakers. Um, keep in mind he's a familiar name to LeBron James. Of course, he was on Eric Spolstra's coaching staff with the Big Three, and All I'm right. telling you, I like the looks of this. I know I said LeBron's a kind of guy who doesn't need much coaching, but man, this is a big, big out of the park hire for the clip for the Lakers.
1: It wouldn't shock me if Frank Vogel ever was to get fired if he didn't become the new head coach for the Lakers, but I do think that it spells good things. And the funny thing, the funny fact, Mm -hmm. LeBron just changed his number to six. Coincidence? I
0: think not. (laughs) We're going to go right into the Illuminati stuff today. (laughs) <laughs> Pulling pull straight out of the illuminati first bag first off
1: first off you change your number then you then like i i just want to know if lebron had any uh was talking into frank fogel's ear like hey he's available how about you go after him trust me you you go after him good things are going to be coming to this lakers mm-hmm. team
0: so yeah Oh my goodness. I just, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked just because, you know, again, I, I mean, look at it. When Fitzdale was with LeBron, LeBron, you can argue had his greatest success in his career with the big three. And now in a way he might just have another big three this off season. Of course, right now it's just him and Anthony Davis, but you know, there's rumors swirling. I'm not gonna address them because I don't think that they're serious at this point. Mm-hmm. But you know, this is a chance oh, for yeah, the
1: Westbrook might go there.
0: Yeah, I'm hearing rumors, but again, I don't want to really discuss it here because we don't know the full truth right. behind. It's kind of a second party, probably a clickbait site at this point. Um, but yeah, so. I gotta say, I think LeBron could have a monster year with David Fitzdale on that bench again, a familiar face no, you know what i'm
1: I'm gonna say this now. It wouldn't shock me if Dame Dalla shows up on the Lakers because of everything that's gone gone on with the whole. You know, if, if they don't want me anymore, I'm, you know, I would want to either play for the Lakers or somebody else. It, so it wouldn't shock me if oh. freaking Damian Lillard somehow found his way on that team or some mm. other team. But if he again, does, this could, be, this could be huge. Um, It'd
0: this be could the huge.
1: true point guard that they need right now, though. Yeah.
0: That's true. Um, And again, we'll see, of course, again. As I mentioned when we talked about the Mavericks, we still got quite a few months and a lot to figure out. So this is, honestly, Mm -hmm. this is going to be a long offseason. I'm prepared. Um, But anyway, let's move on to the NHL now, of course. Um, The Sabres hired the guy I didn't want them to hire. They hired Don Granato as their head coach. Um, As you guys know, Don Granato... Don Granato was the interim head coach. Of course, he had an okay track record, but of course he was a part of the... Tied for the longest losing streak in NHL history. He was the coach for that. Um, I got no words. Uh, You know, um, I think this is a bad hire. You know, I know I'm being negative. Sounds like it. I know I'm being negative, Nancy, about every single hire lately, but... I don't like this one. I like his fast paced like play. But again, I think the Sabres wanted a yes man. So that's why they went with Don.
1: I don't know what it is about the Beguilas and going after guys that are yes men. Not saying that Sean McDermott no, for McDermott. the Beguilas is that kind of guy. He certainly isn't. But let's. But like, he kind of gives off like a little bit of the feel like yes yes sir yes ma'am type of thing yeah you, you can't really have that you southern gotta have charm like, look I know you're the the owners but this is my team Run. the coach that's Let good me old... coach the team type of you know what deal. that
0: is I'm sorry I'm gonna be stereotypical here that is good old southern charm my friend <laughs> come on McDermott is letting off some good old southern charm <laughs> but hey,
1: <laughs> and I'm not just saying this as a guy, but like when I met him, he was a cool down to earth person. Yeah, but as far as Sabres, I don't know what it is about it. Mm-hmm. They're great football owners, terrible hockey owners.
0: I don't know, honestly. It, it,
1: it's time to just give up on the Sabres. Delete yeah. your franchise, like we've said multiple times. Thank you. Just delete Thank them. Thank
0: you. Yeah, just delete them at this point. Put it out of its misery. Just sell the team. If they have to move, you know, I hate to see him move, but, you know, this is getting kind of ridiculous at this point, you know. I mean, come on. John Tortorella was available. He's probably the best coach on the market for the NHL. And even worst case, you could have hired him as your president of uh, hockey operations, possibly. You know, there's two options right there you could have hired him for. Why didn't you consider that? Because, again, the, what the Pagulas want is control. That's what I think it comes down to. They want control. They don't care about success on the field. They want control. Yeah, I think that's. I can't argue with that. I think that's beyond fair to assume, Um, but um, we'll see what happens. Um, Tampa Bay wins Game One on the other side of things, which is why I'm wearing this. Um, Of course, (laughs) Game Two is right after we record. Um, You know, so it was a five to one game. is this what we can expect here? I mean, the Canadians got rocked.
1: Yeah, I would say so. Sounds like Tampa Bay is in control. They're in there looking forward. And then mm. they're looking like they're pushing to be. Uh, you said uh, this would be the second year in a row for them?
0: Yeah, it's second in a row.
1: So if they were to win it this year, it would be two years in a row. It wouldn't shock me. They have been mm. playing really good hockey as of late. So, has been lights out. If there's a team to do it, I think it's them. Yeah, see. the kids. But keys, then again, who knows?
0: Yeah, I it's still really to tell. Yeah, I still think it's going to be 6-7 games. I don't know who's going to come out with it. I don't want to make that prediction cuz I don't want to jinx anybody. I I think, you know, Though, what's going to happen is the Canadians got to figure out how to stop um, Tampa Bay's hot shooters, and that's not an easy task, okay? Um, they've got to figure out how to stop the sharpshooters of point. You know, Yanni Gord's been shooting pretty well. Um, you know, you got to, always you got to stop Steven Stamkos. But on top of it, the power plays. I think that's what it's going to come down to and the Montreal Canadiens I believe had the worst power play of any team in the playoffs entering um, entering the Stanley Cup finals okay compare that to Tampa Bay who's got the best power play in the in the playoffs you can't you can't win if you can't score at the end of the day and they've got to figure out something to score I, I have full confidence in Carey Price. Uh, you know, he's had a long standing reputation as a great goaltender in the game, but the the defense has to help him out. That's what it's going to come down to at the end of the day. He can't keep taking four, you know, I don't know how many shots he took in the last game, but he can't take, you know, 30, 40 shots a game in his direction. Right. But um, with that, let's go to our first break here and when our anchor break when we come back uh an nfl name is retired we're going to talk about that and of course we got the nationals and the home run derby we got to talk about once again man we love the home run derby here i guess but we'll have that all coming our way right after the anchor break all right welcome back let's get going here so of course now we get to talk about the legendary bronco that just retired uh demarius thomas he has officially announced his retirement he will actually retire as a bronco um let's be fair once peyton retired whatever was left of demarius thomas kind of just died off
1: yeah i would say so
0: um
1: which is funny because I think his legendary legacy started off with that great catch he had from Tim Tebow uh, beginning of overtime against yeah, the Pittsburgh ADR Steelers touchdown. where one catch gone 80 yards touchdown. That's what started it. Then, of course, Peyton Manning really helped him solidify into one of the top receivers during the time from when he started to when he end- left and then... When he left the Broncos, went to the Patriots. He wasn't really the same. Um, yeah, I'm right, right? Patriots after yeah, the I
0: Broncos. Believe so. Let me look it up. But of course, um, you know, like I, I think said, it was one I, other team too. I think this is a tribute to, of uh, of course, how good Peyton Manning was. Is that he made. Demarius Thomas is good as, you know, mm-hmm. he made him a better receiver, I guess. So, he was, I believe, offseason. He was with the Patriots, and then he went to the Jets. Um, but, of course, before that, he was with the Texans. Yeah, he played seven. Oh, he was with the Texans? Yeah, he was traded to the Texans midseason. Um, didn't fare too well. Same with the Jets in 2019. Um, mm. but yeah I just again I, I, I think this is a tribute to Peyton Manning and how good he made people around him because I mean Demarius Thomas was yeah he was known for Tebow mania that one year but I mean he wasn't really an over the top wide receiver until Peyton Manning was there and then past Peyton Manning, right. kind of went back to what he was doing beforehand. So, um, you yeah, know, I'm
1: being like almost like a subpar.
0: Um. Yeah, I'm being fair. I don't know if his jersey should be retired necessarily. I don't know if he had that kind of legacy. I mean, he had some really good years though. I mean, six one thousand six hundred nineteen yards in 2014. With 11 touchdowns. He had 14 touchdowns in 2013. But then after that, the numbers kind of declined. I mean, one good season is great. But, again, I, I don't know if he's... Obviously, he did not put up anywhere near Hall of Fame numbers. Um,
1: no, I don't think so. But,
0: you know, I... I guess he's just going to be better known as the average wide receiver at the end of the day, and that's sad to say, but pretty much I think that's what he's going to be remembered for.
1: I think his name will be there for, you know, the ring, Ring of Honor, but that's probably about it. I could see that. We've seen some crazier things happen where some guys have gotten in the hall of fame maybe because you know the seasons have been shortened and uh, of course we know who that was kelvin johnson's in there so yeah kelvin johnson's in there i guess i can't see why demarius thomas couldn't be there as well like i said anything that's possible
0: we'll see but you can't just put him in there because of his years with peyton manning that's just I think you can attribute most of his success to Peyton. That's more what I was getting at there. Because, I mean, beforehand, he was a good receiver, but he wasn't, you know, anywhere near top five before Peyton got there. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So, um, that's more what I was getting at. But, anyway, um, you know, I guess moving forward here... So, the Washington Nationals, we talked about them a few weeks ago. We said how they've got so little room for error being nine games back in the division. And they must have watched or or listened to our podcast because right after that, they've just gone on a tear. Okay, they're now, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they are leading their division right now. No, they're three games back of the Mets. They're thirty nine, thirty eight. They're eight and two in their last ten, and Kyle Schwarber has hit eighteen home runs, or sixteen home runs in the last eighteen games. I don't know, but I think they listened to That's
1: us. Thing. Yeah, because weren't they uh, the team that was like sixteen games back from the? The first or was no, that They different were, team
0: they were 8 or 9 back I believe when Strasburg got injured and we were saying here how they have no room for error now they have to figure it out or something right. I believe that was the team we were talking about and sure enough they've apparently figured it out I'd say it's, yeah, it's, for say now, so. but but it's still a long season y-
1: you can't yeah exactly
0: but yeah um you know um i think a lot can be attributed to kyle schwarber of course um the big news though is that he's going to skip the home run derby despite hitting 16 in the last 18 games hmm. oh man yeah so this home run derby is going to be a little lame i think um, Sounds like it. <laughs> and you know, and you know, Jason, it's got to be really lame if you invited a Baltimore Oriole to play in it. Sorry, Baltimore fans. <laughs> um. So Trey Mancini was invited to the Home Run Derby. He accepted. He's batting two fifty eight right now. It's not terrible. And 14 home runs as of Wednesday. I don't know. I I Crazy. don't. I think comparing him to, you know, if it was a home run derby with Otani Guerrero and of course, um, Fernando Tatis, maybe we would have had a good show, but I think with all those guys skipping out, we're going to miss quite a good home run derby. That could have been. So,
1: yeah. So I would definitely probably agree with that. They should have accepted the offer and I should have been there instead of uh going out of because it Cause yeah. would have been a little bit more competitive instead of having mm-hmm. two guys that I, deserve to be there and then maybe a bunch of like I don't I don't know.
0: You know, I don't wanna say it's a gimme for Otani. But it's sure looking right now like he is the clear-cut favorite.
1: Yeah, because he's
0: leading with, what, 25? Yeah, last week he was leading with 25, but let's take a look right now. Maybe that has changed. Yeah, no, he's leading with 28 now over Vlad Guerrero (laughs) Jr., who is 26. Crazy. Crazy. Schwarber's got 25 now keep in mind okay if we had Schwarber Guerrero Otani you know I'm not saying that Orioles guy couldn't be there I mean you know I'm not saying that Trey Mancini didn't deserve to be there but maybe if he was you know with those three or even uh, Fernando Tatis as one of them Maybe we could have had a really good derby, but it's going to be that derby where you're just sitting there and you're like, man, this is the one that kind of got away. Yeah. I would say so. (laughs) But, um, man.
1: Should have been a little bit more competitive, but you know how that goes.
0: But, hey, we'll see. Um, man, that's all we got so far. But we do have one more thing for you, Is Jason's kind of just sitting there eating his dinner. (laughs) You know I gotta call them out.
1: Can't let go cold. <laughs> hey, hey,
0: good stuff, right? Nah, <laughs> but hey, oh, yeah. um, anyway, we got tinkle on this. We didn't have much because we're kind of recording five days after our last podcast, but we do have one good thing: um, Montreal Canadiens players. So, of course, you know they're hopping onto the ice after coming out of the locker room to start. Um, two of their skaters fell on the ice getting out there for warm-ups um i promise you the ice was not rigged um don't blame the ice for the reason you lost there's no ice skate here um that's just i'm sorry it's just comical at that point so for that unfortunately canadians fans i know it's a great year for you. you you're in your first stanley cup for 27 in 27 years but tinkle on this canadians um <laughs> yeah and of course um there was another scary thing that happened in that game too a, the goalie took a shot to the neck during warm-ups um so but thankfully he was okay um Carey price there but of course that's just kind of an unfortunate incident um, you just gotta wash
1: where you are hit just... you're throwing the puck especially in warm-ups you shouldn't be going that hard
0: that warm-up should be a demonstration of why they should wear bubble wrap during warm-ups <laughs> man, ne- next oh man I mean I know we're recording before game two but knowing our luck price someone got their eye poked out during the game or during the warm-ups but hey you know i'm just throwing that out there
1: yeah i hope not
0: um we want to man but yeah tinkle on this canadians um we want to thank you for watching of course we got a quick programming note out of turn four is canceled this week coming up we will be back on july 13th um as you guys are watching or listening to the podcast, if you're listening at nine a started listening at nine AM, um, yeah. I'm probably somewhere on I ninety speeding into Ohio. Or I'm at the track in Ohio right now. So that's why we're not doing that show, <laughs> unfortunately. Probably throwing a few middle fingers and swearing out the windows while well. you don't know.
1: <laughs> oh, no, I'm Brian probably. <laughs> I'm not that bad. <laughs> He's lying to you guys. He really is.
0: <laughs> oh man. But alright. On that note, guys, we want to thank you for watching. We will be back next Sunday, but before we do, I just gotta say happy birthday, Jason. Um I can't exactly 26? Yeah. Last year I got to say the joke. This year I just got nothing for you. Okay. <laughs>
1: I, uh, you can choke when I get closer to 30, I guess.
0: <laughs> oh, man.
1: But, yeah, happy birthday, Jason.
0: Um, Hopefully, I'll be back in town in time to celebrate. Who knows? Um, We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, but in the meantime, though, thank you guys for watching again. Be sure to subscribe, check out our social media, and we will be back on Sunday. Um, and I believe that is July 11th. So we'll be back on 7-Eleven Day at 9 a.m. Eastern. We won't have Slurpees, maybe.
1: Get your Slurpees starting.
0: Yeah, starting now. Get your Slurpees. Get your (laughs) Slurpees. It's Slurpee Month.
1: They're free all month of July, so go get them.
0: We're not endorsing 7-Eleven, but come on in, 7-Eleven. Um...
1: Yes, give us all the Slurpees you can. Give us the Slurpees,
0: give us the sponsorship, we'll throw a logo up there for you. Yes. But, alright.
1: Somehow, somewhere, we'll throw a logo wherever we can fit it in our video. Yeah,
0: but alright. Until then, guys. Goodbye, everyone.